Hello, fellow peacemaker. Welcome to episode ten of Make Peace Not Beef. It's your host Lily, and today our guest is Marissa Honig, a software developer, consultant, and podcaster bursting with a contagious positive energy. The big topic today is making peace with ourselves and our careers. Marissa will reflect back on her own career trajectory, her passion for leadership, side hustles, and provide you with plenty of awesome advice on how to build a career for yourself. We will explore what it really means to have a career and whether or not you should be deriving all your satisfaction from your career. In addition, Marissa will also be talking about her podcast, Blossoming Technologist, which is a fantastic podcast dedicated to young professionals in tech. Be sure to check it out. I'll include the details in my show notes. Just a quick reminder: the YouTube version of this episode is a thousand times better, so I strongly recommend you to go on my YouTube channel, Make Peace Not Beef, and check it out. Alrighty, without further ado, over to the recorded interview. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode ten of Make Peace Not Beef. This is your host Lily, and today joining me is the lovely Marissa Honig. <laughs> Hello, Marissa is a software development consultant, a podcaster. She also dabbles in writing and journalism in her free time, and she does a host of cool stuff. So today we're going to be talking about making peace with ourselves and our career, and we're going to talk about specifically building and not finding your dream career by proactively exploring your different interests, your side hustles, and we're going to emphasize the importance of stop wishing and start doing. And we're going to talk about how perfection is actually. Actually, the enemy of execution. So, without further ado, I am so excited to let Marissa introduce herself and talk about sort of her journey and you know where she grew up, what she's currently doing, and yeah. Great, thank you so much, Lily. I'm super excited to be here. My name is Marissa Honig. I grew up in New Jersey, and then I. Moved to Georgia to attend Georgia Tech and study computer science, and that's actually pretty recently. I graduated in 2018. I currently live in South Carolina and am moving very soon. And I'm a software developer consultant, as you said. I work at a company called ThoughtWorks. I get to build cool things every day, whether it's web apps or mobile apps, whatever clients need. We'll get into that. But yeah, super excited to be here. Awesome! Thanks so much, Marissa. And do you want to tell everybody about your podcast just a little bit? Yes, of course. Thank you. Yeah, I started a podcast recently called Blossoming Technologist, and it's a podcast for young professionals in technology. So every week, I interview a young professional in tech, whether it's a product manager or a software developer, just to hear their stories and really talk about their careers and skills that other young professionals might want to learn from. One thing I, I'm really excited about is that it's interviewing young professionals. Because it's people who are figuring it out right now. It's not just the success stories of like later on down the line reflecting back. It's like I am figuring out my job and trying to do that, and that's something that's really powerful for others to hear and learn from. Absolutely, and I myself am a big fan. Everybody, please go check out her podcast, Blossoming Technologist, especially if you're considering a career in technology. I've checked out a couple of Marissa's episodes. My favorite still being Hello World. She has this like really lovely, energetic, bubbly vibe, and she brings on some amazing guests from different industries in tech. 
And guess what? I will be featured on one of her episodes, so another reason to go check it out. <laughs> really quick, interesting anecdote about Marissa and I is <laughs> when we first met and we both found out that we actually both developed an interest for computer science kind of following the same trajectory. We were both playing Neopets when we were in middle school. <laughs> were you in middle school when you started playing? Yeah, yeah, like fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, so actually, I think we each had a guild. And then what ended up happening was at the time, Neopets actually offered these free HTML courses that taught us how to code basic pages in HTML. And that's literally how I got into programming. I started with basic front end web development. Like, what about you, Marissa? Were there courses on Neopets? I didn't know. There, there were. There were like some really basic ones. But, but yes, um, Neopets is really where I got my start in coding. I totally forgot to mention that, but um, <laughs> it was just a really cool opportunity to be like, hey, like I really want like this website with information and I didn't want to like pay someone in what, like Neocache or whatever it was. Exactly. So I was I'm going <laughs> <laughs> so to build it myself. And so that's how I found different pages about how to do it and did it. And then at some point I was like, oh, like this is a thing that you can do as a career. Like I had no idea. And that kind of sparked the interest in HTML and CSS and that kind of stuff. It's so crazy. I've never heard anyone else with that story. I thought it was just me because that's literally what got me into coding. And then we were talking and we're like, how many other software developers out there like got into this career because of Neopets and the HTML? <laughs> there are others. I read an article once about how like a lot of females got into computer science because of Neopets. Oh my gosh. Neopets is like the latest <laughs> women in tech movement. That, that's like an undersold victory that no one talks about. Some social scientists should really look into it. The correlation between number of female players on Neopets versus the people that got into tech like five years later when they went to college. Freakonomics should do a study on this. All right, let's start talking about uh, a little bit more about career since that's going to be the center of our focus today. But before that, I just want to talk about Marissa and your trajectory and what led to your current profession. Mind walking us through where you went to school and what did you study and what were your interests and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I studied computer science at Georgia Tech. And at Georgia Tech, when you study computer science, you pick threads, uh, which are basically concentrations. And so I concentrated on people and media. And so people being a ton of psychology, learning how people think, like how that factors into the technology we build. And then media being like, designing video games and learning about just like digital media in general. Yeah, super cool. And so that's kind of turned into understanding why it's so important to really build for the people who are using it. And so I love like human computer interaction, awesome field of study, which basically means like you look at how people are using your mobile app and you study like, oh yes, they hit that one button. And so, yes, we need to include that or we should change it this way and then designing your technology based off of that behavior. So I find that really interesting. And that kind of led into figuring out my job post-college. I think a lot of people struggle with that and I did too, uh, applying to like any job ever because <laughs> I wasn't sure what I wanted to study. And that's also a reason why I wasn't sure what kind of job I wanted. And so that's 
that's also why I started this podcast to really provide that resource. But during that time, I found ThoughtWorks, which is the company I now work at, and it's consulting. And so I saw that as kind of a mix of me being able to still work really closely with people and also not have to just choose one path and go down it because I wasn't ready to choose. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. So being a consultant allows me to be more of a generalist be put on a project and they're like, hey, like learn React or learn Java or Ruby, all these different programming languages. And I'm like, cool. All right. Like give me like an hour. Let me watch some videos. Let me read some books. And then we start building and it's just like learning on the job. And it's really cool. It's a really cool environment to be in. You code in different languages at your job. That's what you do. Yeah. So within the last year, I've probably done four or five different programming languages. Incredible. And like, are they all front end back end work or like a mix of both? It's a mix of both. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> oh, she's so multi-talented. Oh no, it's not easy at all. And like, I still struggle with it all the time, but it's, it's kind of cool being in that environment where you're working on one language and you're like, oh man, like I hate this. But then like in a month, like maybe you're not working on that again. Like maybe you switch to a different language or a different technology, whatever it might be. There's always that like bouncing around, trying something different, also promoting yourself and being like, hey, like I really want to work on front end development and your team or your account can be like, okay, like let's find something that works for you. And so there's a lot of flexibility there, which I enjoy. That's amazing. Thanks so much, Marissa, for sharing your experience. So there's one particular topic I want to touch on, which is leadership. Now, I know this is something that you are extremely passionate about, especially leading with compassion. So can you tell the audience a little bit more about how you sort of developed your leadership skills and what really got you into leadership roles, you know, past experiences and things like that? Yeah. Looking back now, I became a Girl Scout when I was like five. <laughs> and so I, I was a Girl Scout for like 13 years. And then in high school and college, I was very involved in community service organizations. So in high school, it was called Key Club. In college, it was called Circle K International. And so these organizations presented the opportunity to run for leadership positions like president. And I love inspiring other people and getting people excited about doing things. And for me, those causes were serving the community. They were helping other people. And that's something I love so much. And so actually it started <laughs> back in high school when I was in Key Club. I ran for webmaster for our club because I was okay. like, I know, I know how to do HTML and CSS because exactly. Neopets, you know? And so I ran for webmaster because so I was like, I'm going to launch a website <laughs> and then I'm going to have like online signup forms. I'm going to say it revolutionized that club. Uh, people were wow. able to sign up online and not have to worry about trying to get to the in-person meeting, something like that. So we were getting more accurate attendance because people could sign up online mm -hmm. and we were getting more people to sign up, which was more community service. So that kind of started my like, ooh, like I can really make a difference with my skills. Yeah. And then I saw these other people leading the club and knew that like there was more that I could do to give back. So I'm kind of going to fast forward to my senior year of college where for Circle K International, which is that community service organization, I became governor, which is basically the 
head of the entire state of Georgia at the time. So we had 350 members and my job was to go around the state and speak at meetings, serve with the different clubs. And during this time, I was I was really hard on myself because I wasn't really doing a lot of community service. I was so busy with like driving around to other clubs and sending emails and prepping presentations, like all these administrative stuff. And I wanted to be there volunteering. And at some point it hit me that when I was actually going to these other clubs and showing that like, hey, I'm the governor and I'm driving four hours to visit your club because we care about you. That really inspired these members to know that their club is valued on the state level. I kind of saw that as like these things that I'm doing whether it's speaking to these other clubs or just volunteering with other people, it's kind of multiplying my impact. And so I was doing like a different kind of community service where maybe I wasn't necessarily at the food bank sorting food, but I was speaking to people and multiplying the impact because then they were doing community service. And so I thought that was really cool because it showed to me that when you really care about people, when you use compassion to inspire people, they know that they're heard, they know that they're valued, and then they are then inspired to do the same. Um, And I think that just boils down into like everything I learned that year as governor and in leading in general, where if you lead and truly care about the people you lead, they will be inspired to do the same. And I see that even at work, like I really try to uh, give people really good feedback if I see them doing something well or just like reach out to people to show that I care about them. And then you see that like they are more motivated to come into work or more motivated to do the same thing with others. And I think it's just a really powerful thing where um, you really need to care about the people around you and then they will also care about you and that will kind of just keep going and going. I love it. I really admire you because I once did a quiz for, you know how there's like this leadership style quiz and then I think I got like authoritarian or something. <laughs> to your point, I think a good leader has to possess compassion, right? Like that's how you ensure a team cohesion because if you're not able to empathize with what your teammates are going through, then on a team level, you guys cannot steer the project forward. Like you cannot operate as a team. And I just wanted to ask you to expand on that a little bit more, like your philosophy around leadership and in your opinion, what makes a good leader and what are some top traits you think a leader should possess? Yeah, absolutely. Some of the top traits I think are being empathetic. And that's, that's kind of (laughs) goes back to what I just said, like really caring about people and really listening. Like people always talk about how like listening is such an important skill, which like you learn as a podcaster, of course. And so like really being empathetic is important. Um, I also really think that enthusiasm is something that is just contagious. The leaders that I love the most are the ones who are really enthusiastic and passionate about things. When you see others passionate about something, like you just want to be a part of it. You want to follow that. 100%. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I think that's really important. And then I would also say, Probably my last one is that honesty is really important. When you see a leader who's really honest about how they're doing or something bad that happened, or you then feel more connected to them. So whenever I'm leading, I always try to be very blunt about like what's going on in my life. Or if I, I don't know, can't make the meeting, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. Like I'm just, I slept late. Like that just happened. And people are like, oh man, like I sleep late sometimes too. And like, (laughs) there's just like this rapport that gets built because honestly, 
honesty is just so important. Absolutely. It was very well said. And you know what? I think the world needs more compassionate leaders, like you said, leaders who are able to empathize and sympathize with what their teammates are going through. Because at the end of the day, we're all connecting on a human level. A leader at the end of the day is still a member of the team. First and foremost, you have to be able to integrate yourself with the team and not try to isolate yourself from the rest of the team. So I love your philosophy on leadership. And it totally vibes well with the theme on my podcast, which is all about making peace and creating a more compassionate world. Now, I just want to take that one step further. So you've assumed so many leadership roles throughout college and, you know, being so deeply embedded in community service, which I absolutely love. I want to tie that back to your current career and sort of how that that leadership has grown since you've transitioned into the workforce and how you embody leadership in your current job and in your current personal life. How do you take ownership of what you do? Yeah, it's very hard to go from being like governor of an organization to then be being like entry level at a job. Um, So for anyone who's graduating college or whatever, and then going into your first job, it is kind of jarring. But I'd say that leadership is an everyday trait. Like you don't have to have an official position to be a leader. Leadership can be like a really casual thing where you're just like volunteering to lead a meeting or being the one to take notes, just being the one to like step out and say like, Hey, like, let's do this thing. So an example at my job, I noticed that my team could use some more cheerfulness during our stand-up meetings every day. So what I started doing is every Friday, I do a corny joke Friday. And because I love puns and corny jokes, like they crack me up. And so, (laughs) yes. Um, so every Friday I signed onto the standup and I, um, everyone's like waiting for it and I'll scroll through a website and find like a good corny joke to ask. And I would usually find one that like I laugh at and then I'm like, okay, this is good. Like they'll like it. They never like it. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, but anyway, I say the corny joke and like, we all try to guess it and then I eventually reveal it. And it's something where no one, asked for it but it's something that everyone kind of looks forward to because it's just like something silly to think about and start off a Friday morning and so that's kind of my little example of a leadership moment where um, you can kind of just start something because you want to and if others don't like it they'll say something but otherwise like people probably enjoy it and look forward to it. I totally think that is leadership because I think leadership is all about taking initiative and creating opportunities where others don't see and you saw this need to bring more positivity and cheerfulness to the team and that adds value so I absolutely think that it's a perfect example of leadership (laughs) thank you yeah so what about like in your own life you know we talked about how you take on these initiatives at work but from what I've seen Marissa is definitely a (laughs) go-getter outside of work as well like with her podcast and all the, the amazing work that she does and holy shit like her social media for her podcast is like top notch. So (laughs) how do you stay on top of everything? How do you take ownership of your own life? You're like, you're a leader in every aspect of the word. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I think I'm someone who always likes to be busy. So that's kind of why I have so many different projects happening, but things that keep me organized. I am a list person. I have lists for everything. I have a list for this podcast. I have a list for things to do tomorrow. Like if you are a list person or maybe you're not, and you want to get into 
into it, I think it's very important to be very specific. I break them down into like very small goals. And so it's something where it's like, oh yes, that's very easy. One of my favorite books that I read last year is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he talks about is that when you're creating goals, they should be very small goals. Like I, I think he said it should take two minutes. And so it's kind of the same thing with making a list of like things to get done. When you're creating a goal, things to get done, like it shouldn't take long. It should be something very simple. And if it's not simple enough, you need to break it down further. And that kind of reduces the mental inhibition of being like, oh man, that's just like, that's going to take too long. For example, when I launched my podcast, one might think like, oh, that's a lot of work. And it is, it is a ton of work, as you know, Lily. (laughs) Yeah, a ton of work. And so I have a list of like when I started out the podcast of like, okay, like research how to make audiograms for social media, research what kind of microphone I need, all these different things, probably like a hundred different things on that list. And then now when I have my podcast working and running and everything, every time I have a guest on the show, I have a 29 step process that needs to get done to go from them agreeing to be on the show to everything going live. And That makes it sound really big, but those bits of the process, like those 29 steps, one is like post on Twitter. Another is send thank you email. So like they're small bits, but every time I get them done, I know I'm getting closer to getting that podcast episode out. So yeah, like there's just a lot of different things I uh, do to maintain ownership of my life. I would say just one more thing is that I'm always thinking about like what really brings me joy. I also write on the side, as we talked about. I write on Medium. That's something that I just love doing. Like I write every day because it's something that helps me think better and helps me really get alignment in my life. It's something I value and put at the top of my list to always get done. Incredible. I feel terrible just listening. To, like I feel like this girl <laughs> is a process engineer. She's got everything figured out and she's also like her own project manager. Meanwhile, I'm just like super spontaneous. Today, I'm going to do some video editing. Tomorrow, I'm going to record another episode. No concept of schedule whatsoever. I just like if I don't get something done, I cannot sleep. So I just like more coffee. I love how organized you are. And I'm learning so much from you, Marissa. You're, you're so inspiring in so many ways. I'd also say just one more thing is that like, whatever works for you, like do that. Like even though lists work for me and staying super organized works for me, like if you like being spontaneous, like do that. You have to do like what you enjoy because your life is yours to live. There's no one else who's going to be there till death do you part, you know, like it's, it's yours. And that has inspired a lot of my recent things that I've done because I know that if it's something I want to do, like I should do it because who else cares like no no one else should should care as much as I do about my life so so true you are your own significant whole I just made that up yes (laughs) it's it's true like you're the only one spending your entire life with yourself guarantee there'll be no divorce zero breakup so you better you better make peace with yourself you know (laughs) And make sure you're aligned internally. Amazing. So Marissa, we talked a little bit about your side hustles, like your podcast and you love to write. And, and I, oh my gosh, I just love your energy and passion because I see a part of myself in you. I'm also like the kind of person, like I have to have something going on that pushes me forward. Otherwise life is just stagnant, right? <laughs> we all want to make a little dent in the universe. 
now that we're on the topic of career, I want to ask you if you derive 100% of your satisfaction from your job, or is it like a combination of your job and all these side hustles that you're doing? Because I feel like a lot of people think they have to find the perfect career and they're under so much pressure. Like if I don't find this one career that I derive all my satisfaction and fulfillment from, then I am screwed. So what's your take on that? Love this question. When I graduated college, I feel like I felt this pressure to find my dream job right out of college. I was like, this decision is going to be the biggest decision I ever make in my whole life because you've never made that decision before. But I actually got some advice from someone I really admire. And she was like, this is not going to be your dream job. Like if it is like, there's a problem because like you have to move up from here, you know? I still think about how your decision to pursue a particular job, that doesn't mean that that's the only source of your happiness. So that's the only thing that matters in your life. And so I do love parts of my job, but it's not the only thing that brings me joy. And it's not the only place I should seek for happiness. So outside of work, I try to do other things that bring me joy. When I was maybe originally looking for a job, something like having leadership, somewhere I can really help people was something where I needed that as part of my job. But then I realized that let's say I didn't find it in my job. That doesn't mean I can't volunteer outside of work. That doesn't mean I can't lead a an organization in the community or something. Not that I do yet, but at some point, like I could do that. Um, and there's all these opportunities to do the things you love and not rely on your job for that satisfaction. I mean, at the end of the day, like your job is what gives you money. And of course, like there are other things that you can get out of it. Like I love a lot of the people at my job and I'm learning so many things, but that doesn't define me. And I think that's really important to remember whether you're looking for a job or just trying to find things you love about your job, your job doesn't need to be the one thing bringing that for you. Absolutely. I totally agree with everything you've said. And I think there are so many dimensions to all of us, like our job and our occupation is just one aspect of it. Of course, for all those people who are like, I'm in my dream career, I couldn't be happier. Well, good for you. You know, I'm really happy that you found that and you made it and you're working hard and, you know, continue doing what you're doing. But I think the reality is that roughly probably 80% of the, the people in this world, I saw statistics saying like 76% of the people in this world are not in their dream career. Like they're not happy or 100% happy with their job. And I think, you know, there's two ways to look at it, right? Either you can switch careers and keep doing that until you find something that you love it's possible or you can make the best out of what you currently have and work around it whether it's to keep your job and then find side hustles outside of that to explore other sides of yourself or think about ways that you can make your current job more enjoyable as opposed to like constantly job hopping from one to the next Absolutely. I I have another book recommendation. There's a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. And it's this whole thought of like people being like, I need to find something I'm passionate about and that needs to be my job, like that kind of thing. It talks about that a job doesn't necessarily need to be like the thing that you're most passionate about. And that sometimes it's just about building those skills and understanding how those skills help you as a person. And then eventually maybe your skills turn into a passion and then you become more passionate about your job. Like it, it's always possible, but just throwing that in there. <laughs> Totally. Wow. This girl clearly reads a lot of books. If you guys need book recommendations, definitely, you should start a totally different podcast called like Marissa's book reviews, <laughs> like from book club. 
Um, okay, a super random and impromptu question for you. So how do you feel about the statement that a person should never turn their side hustle into their full-time career because then they will lose passion for it? Because it's only fun so long as it's a side hustle, but once you start turning it into your full-time job, that's the moment that you lose all the passion that you have. Have you ever heard of that saying or philosophy before? Ooh, I, I've heard of that. Um, and it's a very good question. I don't have the like experience to necessarily speak upon that, but I do think that it's possible to lose passion for something when it becomes your only way to make money. And so I do think that it's very important to have multiple streams of income if possible. And that's a whole nother talk that we're not <laughs> going to get into right now. But I think I've either read somewhere or heard it on a podcast or something where if you lose that passion for your side hustle, I don't know, maybe you're not as passionate about it as you were, but like maybe there are other things about it. So like, let's say, let's say you took on your podcast full time, you're making full time wages on it, you know, and then maybe the thing that you loved about it, which is interviewing people, you start hating, but then there might be something else that you love about podcasting. Like maybe you start being like, oh man, like I love the marketing bit. So I think there's just like opportunities where maybe you'll start hating part of it, but then maybe you'll learn to love another part. At least that's what I would like to think. Yeah, I think that is a good point. And I think people, oh man, I hate to say it, but sometimes humans grow cynical over time. You know, the thing that you've loved sometimes turns into the thing you hate because you end up doing it all the time. Like an artist once told me that when you're forced to create all the time, it's actually very painful. But when you do it out of your own volition, then art becomes a very enjoyable activity. But when you have to do it commercially for clients all the time, you have to come up with ideas and create these brand logos. It becomes a chore. So that actually takes away the creativity that inspired you to start this in the first place. But um, yeah, I agree with what Marissa is saying. So I think there are actually real benefits to keeping your day job and then doing this as a side hustle. Of course, at any point, we feel like this is really gaining ground and you want to do this full time by all means. But I don't think it makes sense for someone to just like just quitting your job and then just pursuing your side hustle full time, like without having first built a solid foundation. Yeah, I think you always have to build a solid foundation first. Because I see that you're such an action-oriented person, and I myself too, but I know so many friends in my life who are like, I've always wanted to do ABC, but then I don't have the connections, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, and then they make excuses for themselves. So then they have this pile of pipe dreams, but that they never actually end up fulfilling. And it could be that they're a perfectionist, so they would rather not start on something that they know they cannot fully commit to and do a good job. So what is your advice for people who are afraid or something is holding them back from being able to act on all their dreams? Oh my gosh. Um, I would say, first of all, like focus on what you can control. That's really important. Like, for example, like we're in a pandemic right now. There's not much you can control about the pandemic, but the things you do have uh, control over are how you live your day to day, what time you wake up, what you're putting in your body to eat, what activities you spend your time on. Like, you have control over certain things and that's what you should focus on. The second thing I would say is don't put so much pressure on yourself. I do that a lot. I know clearly I have a lot of stuff going on and I get very overwhelmed very easily. I don't think a lot of people know that, but since being in, I don't know, high school, my mom always told me, take it one step at a time. Because I, I would spiral where I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is due, that's due. I have to get that done. I have to go here. Ugh. And I still do that every day. Like I, I'm doing that today. I'm doing that yesterday. 
And so you really need to just focus on one thing at a time. And when you add that in to the first one, which is what you can control, you really focus on one thing you can control at a time and take it step by step. And so one thing I've been doing a lot recently is when I don't know something, I'm like, huh, like, I wonder how a podcast gets made for lack of a better uh, example. And so I would sit there and go, in this day and age, I can learn anything online. And so I look up literally like how to make a podcast or let's say like how to make money writing, something like that. And that leads to one thing that leads to another. And you just figure it out as you go. Like you don't need to have this grand plan at the start. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to figure it out all in one go. I totally, totally agree. And Marissa, when you said you feel overwhelmed, like I'm totally like you, like I'm already like in my head planning 10 steps ahead, like what I'm going to do next with my podcast. And I feel like both you and I being entrepreneurial and we're very active, like, of course, it's natural for our mind to just be like crowded with a million thoughts and possibilities. It's like, have you ever heard of that uh, concept in computer science course, Monte Carlo, like strategy? I took like an AI course and where you kind of roll out a thousand steps ahead of making projections about the future. Anyway, I think the most important thing is to focus on the task at hand and tackle the lower hanging fruits first. We just have to live with uncertainty, right? Entrepreneurs do not have all the answers figured out from day one. That's why 99% of startups fail. (laughs) Yeah, I was listening to another podcast the other day um, where it was like Dax Shepard was talking to Sarah Borelli's, which is a singer. And she was talking about how like as a famous person, she didn't realize like how famous people also don't know like what they're doing and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man, like, yes, like I also don't know what I'm doing. I'm so glad she also doesn't know and other people don't know. Like, it's like you only see the end result of people. Yeah. You never see the moments when you're crying on your bed or overwhelmed and frustrated or just downright angry all day like you don't see that part of the process you just see the end result and that's why social media can be very toxic but we won't we won't get into that either (laughs) that's why I don't I go on social media anymore for those people like the only one I probably will maintain is my podcast but I personally I don't like scroll through my feed like friends feeds what about you Marissa do you I'm really trying to get better at it. I, um, especially during the pandemic, I found myself scrolling through social media so much. And then sometimes I just like stop myself. I actually think like social media in that sense is double-edged where I think scrolling through it too much actually dissuades people from starting their own business or working on their own ideas because you're always comparing yourself like, oh, I'll never be as good as this podcaster. Look at where they are now. Like you're always comparing your current stage with where they're already at, but not realizing that they worked 10 years to develop that idea. So I think sometimes looking at too many successful people can actually discourage some people from starting because they feel like they can never be at that stage. Sometimes it's healthier to minimize the comparisons and just focus on what you want to do and not compare yourself with what other bloggers, other podcasters. And of course, it's important to draw inspiration, right? Like, absolutely, you got to learn from the best, but the key to that is moderation. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally agree. Okay, so uh, the next question I have for you is, and this is a big topic, what is the perfect career? And I want to discuss this with you because everyone probably has a different idea of what a perfect career is. Is it a single job that pays really, really well? Or is it, you know, an accumulation of all the impact you create and the value you add throughout the course of your life? Like, 
what is a career and then define what is a perfect career or does it even exist does anyone have a perfect career oh this is that's a big question um so like what is a career so i think to me i think of a career as like a person learning and growing and developing different skills and by the end of your career I would hope that you have lots more experience and knowledge and friendships than when you started like I would hope that looking back you're like oh wow like I learned a lot I really grew as a person I really made a difference in the world whatever it might be and so I think that's maybe different from the traditional sense of a career where you're kind of like climbing a ladder and trying to like just make more money and I don't think it always has to be just that. And then like a perfect career, I really think it's doing something that you enjoy, something that like helps you reach whatever goals in your life you're aiming for. So like for me, I'm really just trying to make the world a better place, as cheesy as that sounds. And so, (laughs) yeah. And so like whatever career I end up having throughout my life, it should help toward that goal of making the world a better place, helping people around the world. Yeah, I think like talking about like is a perfect career something to strive for? I feel like a career in general isn't the only thing to strive for because it's more of like having a life that you're happy you lived. And that's really the only thing you can really hope for in life. Right. And so would you say a career is the same thing as a job or they're different? Ooh, uh... That's a spicy question. (laughs) I think there is some distinction, or at least people have told me that. Um, I never used to think of it like that, because to me, it was like every job is just a job. People say that a career is... I think it's like something where um, you're kind of moving up in the world versus a job is kind of like like a job that you take here or there. Like it might not connect to the next job, things like that. I think so. I think a job is something you have at a point in time, but career is a progression. That's something that you build over time throughout the course of your life. And I think a career, personally, I don't think a career is necessarily just a summation of your job. It's also what you do outside of work to enhance the skills, like you said, that you want to acquire throughout your lifetime to help you achieve your goals. So, you know, from my perspective, looking at you, I think your career does not only comprise of your daily job as a software developer consultant, but also what you do outside of that, like as a podcaster and also as a journalist. And also on top of that, the community service work, that, like that together as a whole defines who Marissa is, right? It's not just her job, like what she does from nine to five. Although maybe some people see that as a career. For me, that's just a job, but a career is your philosophy and your outlook on where you think you can best contribute to this world by putting your skills to good use. I really love that. Um, And I I love that that ties into like how the stuff that you do outside of work can also like bring you that kind of fulfillment that maybe your job doesn't bring you. Like it's all integrated into that and kind of helps you in your whole career. Oh, that's a beautiful. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I think you're you're absolutely right when you said, you know, I don't think we should all derive satisfaction from a single thing because humans are so multifaceted. Like we have different sides to our personality. We take on different roles. So it doesn't make sense for us to like box ourselves in into one position that we take on. And yeah. my other question for you is how do you make sure that you define your career and not let your career define you? I think I'd say that 
when you are in a job, you really need to advocate for yourself. It comes back to the, what we just said about how you're the only person that defines your career. And I think that's something that I've had to learn because up until graduating college, it was like, cool, like the goal is to graduate college and get a good job. Cool. Like we'll get there. Awesome. And then you kind of like graduate college, you get the job and you're like, wait, like what happens now? Like, yeah, like what's no after that? It come for you anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, like this, this is what you were waiting for. Like, go do the thing that you were hoping to do. But at that point, I didn't really know where my career was going. I didn't have a plan. And so that's okay to not have a plan. It's okay to not know what you're doing. I think most people don't. But when you have that opportunity, you really need to be like, okay, like what, what do I want to do? What makes me happy? And so like one thing for me is like, I really wanted to start learning front end development. And so I made that known at my company and I got put on a project that I get to do front end development. And if I had never said anything, like I would keep doing back end projects. I would keep doing other things that maybe I wasn't super interested in, but you kind of need to take control of your own career trajectory because no one else will ever care as much about your career as you do like to a lot of your company like it's gonna just be like hey we're paying you get the job done and they love it when you get the job done but you need to make sure that you're doing the things you do because you want to do them so 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 true you touched on a very good point I'm a big advocate for self-advocacy. <laughs> that was a little bit tautological. But yes, like what Marissa said, no one else is going to advocate on your behalf. Because after college, no one is looking out for you in the sense that, you, well, you're out there in the world on your own. And now, like, you are the architect of your own life. So it's kind of scary and daunting, but also exciting because you finally get to be in charge and not have to take, like, bio 406, like... <laughs> follow a curriculum in order to graduate and get a diploma like like this is it now you get to be the leader of your own life and you're and and it's up to you but um so there are there are two pathways right like the most common one either you work for someone else in which case self-advocacy is really important but what about for those entrepreneurial minded people who are listening to our podcast and wondering like but, but what if i want to start my own business like what's, what's oh man <laughs> yeah um it must be really hard like it's like taking control of your career to the extreme like you are literally the person leading the company and so i think for that it's really important to also find people who will support you and it's also important just to remember how most things have been done before and that's both good and bad. Bad in that your idea is probably not unique, but good because the way that you do it is unique. The the thing that you bring to your writing or your business or your podcast, like there is no one else out there who has that same experience and knowledge and connections and stuff like that. So whatever you are pursuing, you get to bring your whole self to that thing. And I think that's really amazing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Your perspective is your unique DNA, your fingerprint embedded in no matter what you do. No one else in this world thinks the way you do, moves the way you do, and has the same experience as you. So that in and of itself is innovation. No matter what you choose to do, you always bring a new perspective. I love it. I love that. That's, that's a really good point. <laughs> so just, I want to quickly summarize, you know, the, the key insights that Marissa has shared with us today. 
And the first one that she shared with us was the importance of leadership and also leading with compassion. You really cannot be a good leader until you learn to empathize with everyone else on your team and really be able to see things through your teammates' perspective. And that's what's going to help steer the team forward. And the second thing Marissa talked about is you don't have to derive all the satisfaction from a single job. Right, you're free to explore all these side hustles because, like I said, every human being is multifaceted. So don't box yourself in and have a preconceived notion of what you're meant to do because you're more than that. Like we all have limitless potential, but it's just a matter of are you willing to explore that side of yourself? And the third thing um, I think Marissa talked about is always take take things one step at a time and start small, and that it's okay to start something without a plan. That's something that you will figure out as you go along. But if you never start, then yeah, you're never going to get anywhere. <laughs> and I think taking that first step is probably the hardest for, for everyone, right? Who has an idea in their head. Yeah. So I wanted to ask Marissa, so, um, you know, with your amazing podcast, which I'm sure a lot of people after listening to this episode will want to check out your podcast. So tell us what's, what's next on Blossoming Technologies. Like what's your plan going forward with this podcast or other things that you're doing in your life? So with Blossoming Technologists, I'm starting to interview a lot of people more about their jobs than, than I did on some of the earlier episodes. So depending on when this episode airs, uh, maybe some of these will already be out, but um, one with a designer, Ooh. one with someone in security. And of course you, you're going to be on the podcast. Um, <laughs> so lots of different things. And I'm really excited because I'm trying to continue improving and just changing up the podcast. I'm still trying to find exactly how I want each episode to go. Every episode's a little bit different, which I, I find kind of fun. Expand that. I honestly might try to... Um, add people to my team at some point soon. I feel like I could really use some help in some parts of the podcast. So that might be happening soon. It's incredible. Um, like you're already expanding so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, yeah, very exciting. And then in other parts of my life, um, just continuing writing. I got into writing on Medium back in like October and uh, you can like make money off of writing in Medium and I'm in like a really cool writer's group and stuff. And so I really love doing that. And so I'm going to continue putting out articles, probably more about technology coming soon. Amazing. Wow. This is just all so exciting. I feel like there's a million things going on in your life, but because you're so organized, you stay on top of everything. <laughs> I, I make it seem that way. <laughs> she's already thinking about adding people to her team. Like meanwhile, I'm just still trying to figure out like how this podcasting works. And she's like, yeah, I'm ready to hire. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Marissa, for, for sharing with us, you know, your perspective and your story. I think this is incredibly, incredibly inspiring for all the people who are listening. I'm going to ask you to share your social media, your Medium account, so we can all go read your articles and definitely your podcast name. Just reiterate it to the audience so that they don't forget all the amazing content you put out. Yeah, um, all my social media, so like Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of that is just at Marissa Honig, my first name, last name. The last name is H-O-E-N-I-G. So that's all my personal social media. And then for my podcast, it's called Blossoming Technologist. And so on Instagram, it's just Blossoming Technologist. On Twitter, it's that, but without all the vowels <laughs> because Twitter has a cap on the number of characters in a username. So that was fun to figure out. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on there. You can look up the podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate it. Yeah, everyone, please go check it out. It's got some really good content on there, especially if you want to work in tech. It's going to be extremely insightful. 
Okay. Thank you so much, Marissa. It was such a pleasure having you. Thank you, Lily. It was awesome being on here. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in to Make Peace Not Beef. I'll see you on the next episode. All right. That's a wrap. I hope you liked today's episode and found it helpful. Remember, you can watch the video version of this episode on my YouTube channel, Make Peace Not Beef. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate for more exciting content down the road. Your support is my creative juice. If you have any questions or comments, please head over to my social media on Twitter, Instagram at MakePeaceNotBeef, or shoot me an email at lily at MakePeaceNotBeef.com. That's L-I-L-L-Y. Feel free to check out my website, MakePeaceNotBeef.com, for more information. Alrighty, peacemakers, I'll see you in the next episode.